just because you do it once doesn't mean that a new pattern is going to happen. So what the brain needs is repetition and persistency. So if you think about when you're learning to walk or you're watching a toddler learn how to walk, right? They walk, they fall down, they get back up. They walk, they fall down, they get back up. They walk, they fall down, they get back up. They keep trying and they keep going and they're very persistent. And the other interesting thing about that is that they don't know what failure is, so they don't care, right? So we need to not care about failure, right? They fall down, they get back up, they keep walking. But they walk every day and keep going and they're persistent and it's a repetition, repetition, repetition until that pathway is formed. So to break the pathway, you need to insert a different pathway and repeat, 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 repeat. And then your brain will start going with that pathway and not the, dis and not the disrupted pathway. So how about we can just start off, if you want to give a short introduction and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. So my name is Victoria Mirabersia and I am the creator and founder of Recreo, which is a platform, a wellness platform designed to help primarily women, but anyone, because I don't want to turn away any human being, um, to find more joy and less overwhelm in, in their life. And so we do that. I do that through teaching online courses, through one-on-one -on -one coaching, through being in community, which I think is super, super important. Um, and I just, I love, love, love empowering other human beings to find more joy because I had a, uh, I have a personal story attached to it. Do you want me to tell you that story now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into it. So uh, years ago, I was working as a recreational social worker, um, which was this really amazing job. And I really, really loved the work that I was doing and working in, in community. And I was working with a newcomer community newcomer families in their in their homes and I was working in communities and recreation centers and um, helping people become less isolated and get involved in their community through recreation so that's things like sport arts um, community groups gardening those kinds of beautiful amazing ways to be in community and um, unfortunately the contract that I was on with my job didn't provide now I'm in Canada, just so you know, so, <laughs> didn't provide all of the sports supports that I needed to make sure that I stayed mentally healthy. And it turned out that my employer was actually um, breaking labor law and doing that, the labor law in Canada, by not providing me with the supports I needed and breaking their own policies, actually. So I filed um, a grievance against my employer and then got involved in a eight-year-long court battle with them about what mental health is and how we need to support our employees. Wow. And in the inter in the in that time there, I actually did experience my very own mental breakdown. And, you know, I thought it it could never happen to me. And I think most kind of strong I, hate, I don't like using the word strong, but strong women or women that are, are hustling a lot or we're really good at multitasking. You can't see me, but I'm using my fingers to air quote, right? This idea of multitasking and being superstars. We don't think that it could happen to us. And unfortunately, there still is a stigma around the idea of um, mental mental wellness in terms of burnout and developing anxiety and developing panic and developing depression and these sorts of things, especially in kind of the corporate world where we just go, 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 and we say super busy and it's cool to be busy, right? I'm using my air quotes again. Oh it's, my gosh, yes. It's cool to be mm -hmm. busy, right? So I ended up having a breakdown and and it's something that I was kind of hid for a while and I was I was um, embarrassed about and um, I really felt the stigma and felt like like I was stronger and I could push through it and didn't really acknowledge what happened to me. And finally, when I did acknowledge what happened to me is when I actually had a total a day where I was just paralyzed. I was lying on the basement floor in my house and I called my husband and I was like, I can't move because I was just paralyzed with panic about, about work. And uh, he didn't believe me either because I'd been hiding it right? That's, that's what we do, right? We have a perfect life on the outside and we hide what our inner monologue says, right? We just ignore our inner monologue. We ignore those inner thoughts. And we're also, we don't want to be vulnerable and talk about it because 
there's still stigma and embarrassment around it, right? So we just pretend everything's great and everything's fine because we're afraid of being judged. And I hadn't even really been sharing a lot with my husband. And he came home after work and found me. And I don't know how long I'd been lying on the basement floor. And, you know, he picked me up and he said, you know, I've been worried about you and I've known and I've been waiting for you to be ready to talk about this. And that's when I really started getting the help that I needed. And that's when I really started my journey on making, you know, some big changes in my life. And that's when I you know, continued to do the work I've been doing because I've been doing social work and recreation work and working in community and, and facilitation and community through leadership for many, many years. But I decided that I really wanted to start focusing on helping women and other kind of people that have been stuck in the stigma of hustle, hustle, hustle to, to learn kind of these strategies that I've learned to help um, reduce that overwhelm and to live our lives because this is it. This is it. Mm -hmm. There's no dress rehearsal. This is it. This is our lives and how do we enjoy every moment. And it's interesting that we're having this conversation right now in these challenging times that we are in right now with the COVID virus. And it's kind of an opportunity for everybody to have some time to kind of think about and do some self-reflection about, but how we can change our lives and prioritize our, li- our lives in ways that make us happier. So that's really my main mission is to empower people how to um, slow down and accomplish more and be happier. And I, my wish is that the more I talk about it, I never want anyone to experience what I experienced and, and the bullying that I experienced when I did come out with it at work and the stigma that I experienced. And I, I just would not wish that on anybody in, in the world. And, and that's my goal is I want to prevent that and advocate for mental wellness and that we can talk about it and we can all get better and help each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Very stressful experience. And yeah. it sounds like you are very much an empath. Like even the work you were doing then seems to have lots of ties to what you're doing now and just helping people and bettering people. So I think it's amazing that you took that very stressful experience and turned it into something positive and are helping people not get to that breaking point. And yeah. I think that point you made, I think I even interrupted you just to say, yeah, <laughs> was, um, that it's almost cool to be busy. I think that is so true. And even like for me, probably four years ago or something, when I was just out of university and all my friends were starting working. Um, I remember that feeling. We were always like, how are you? Oh, I'm so busy. Like, mm, it was, yeah, it's almost like a brag. You wanted to be busy because it meant that you were maybe quote unquote successful. Right. And I, know I myself got to a point where I am very achievement oriented and I was working my butt off, hoping that I would be successful. Um, and it did turn into a lot of anxiety for me myself as well. And I didn't, fortunately, I didn't reach a breaking point. I was kind of aware that I need to get out of that situation, but I think that not everyone comes to that awareness soon enough. So we need to really, yeah, not glamorize this busy culture Mm -hmm. and really, yeah, like calm down the overwhelm and slow it down. And yeah. I really, really like how you said that. Not, I might steal that from you, not glamorize it, right? Because it really is glamorized, this idea of busy. And and we don't even know, but it's hardwired into our brains as an answer, right? Um, regardless if you are working a nine to five or a nine to nine, or if you're a stay-at-home parent, or if you're working from home, that's kind of the cool answer all the time. Well, how are you doing? Oh, busy, 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 right? Like it's just mm-hmm. hardwired. It's hardwired into our brains the same way saying fine is. Yeah. Right. How are you? There are two answers you generally get is fine or super busy. Yeah. Right. And it's, it is glamorized or it's become the status quo and we need to disrupt that because it's, it's not healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think not only do people say this to other people, but I think we have a tendency or many of us have a tendency to make ourselves busy. Like for me, I'm the queen of writing down like a million things on my to-do list because I just want to convince myself I'm going to have the most productive day, even though what I write down isn't necessarily realistic. Um, So what would you say to someone who feels like they want to be doing more and feels like they don't have enough time in the day? And how would you help them counter that overwhelm? 
Well, there, there, that's a loaded question, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's, 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 there's a lot of answers to that question, but you kind of, you hit on one of them, which is something that I teach in a few of my courses is the idea of the to-do list or multitasking. And studies show that we actually put way more on our to-do list than we can ever accomplish in a day. And so what we really should be putting on our to-do list is one to five things. So let me ask you, how many things do you usually have on your to-do list for a day? 20. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then what happens when you don't get them done? I, yeah, feel like crap about it. (laughs) Yeah. And you roll them over into the next day, right? And so Mm -hmm. what you're actually doing to yourself is you're putting yourself into kind of a vicious cycle of unaccomplishment, right? Mm -hmm. Or of failure. And so what that does is we start beating ourselves up. So this idea that the reason that I focus on time a lot is because it actually, it's kind of like patient zero, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's actually one of the, one of the biggest things that causes a ripple effect into our self-esteem, our confidence, our resilience, um, our connection to other human beings, our connection to nature, all of, all of these things, right? So when you have 20 things on your to-do list and you roll it over into the next day, you basically, even though, even if you've achieved three things, what you're telling yourself at the end of the day, when you look at that list is that you're a failure mm-hmm. and what that actually does. So I'm going to, can I tell you a little bit of brain science here? This is, yeah, this is yeah, cool I stuff because yeah, I, I am obsessed with how the brain works and the science behind the brain and mindset and how we can actually shift and create new patterns, like change our hardwiring in our brain and create new patterns for real and sustainable change. Um, not just gimmicky change, right? That doesn't last, like go on a diet for 21 days, right? Like I, I want to help people create real and sustainable change and change their patterns. So, so here's what happens when you make it to, when you, when you make that to-do list. So have you ever heard of dopamine? It's one of the happiness hormones, right? So what happens is dopamine, its job is to make us do the work. So it's, it, it, so it gets released when we're planning something, right? So we're planning a goal or we're planning on achieving something. So its job is to make us excited about doing the work. So you write out your to-do list and you, you, those are your goals for the day, right? So you get a bit of a dopamine hit, like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited. I'm feeling good about this. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. When you achieve something, that's when you get your serotonin boost, which is another happiness hormone. And that feels like super good, right? Mm-hmm. And that feels super great. Now, if you don't achieve, you don't get the serotonin boost. And then what happens? Have you ever heard of cortisol? Yes. Cortisol is the fight or flight hormone or the stress hormone is what we like to call it, right? So what happens is even though maybe you achieved two things on your to-do list, at the end of the day, you're looking back and realizing you didn't achieve it all. So you're not going to get the serotonin boost. And instead, you're going to get the stress hormone because you're going to start thinking about, oh my gosh, I have all these things I have to do tomorrow and I have to roll over all of my things for my to-do list from today to tomorrow. And then you put yourself into fight or flight. And when you're in fight or flight, the brain only recognizes stress at stress. So whether it's stress because a lion is chasing after you and you need to run to get away from that lion, mm-hmm. or you're worried about something and it's emotional stress, it doesn't matter. The brain stresses stress. It doesn't matter what type of stress it is. It's going to release cortisol and it's going to put you into fight or flight. And now I like to say fight, flight, or freeze. Because we also need to recognize that some people, the way that they deal with stress is they freeze and they shut down. So it's fight, Mm. flight, or freeze where we shut down. And then you're getting yourself, that's the vicious cycle. You're, You're sending yourself into that vicious cycle of all of these different neurochemicals spinning around in you and you're never really getting the serotonin boost that you need that's going to make you feel good and happy and, and free and joyful. And that's your brain science lesson. That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. And even what you said, I do think it's interesting how, you know, with every accomplishment you have, you get that serotonin boost. And like, I think that's why I put so many things on my to-do list because it feels so good to check them off, mm. you know, but you're right. If it's, if I can't accomplish them, then it just turns into a spiral. <laughs> yeah, it turns into a spiral. And then and then what ultimately ends up happening, which is which is what I believe ultimately ended up happening to me when I was working 
in my in my job, I had a caseload of 300 families. So I was working with a thousand people because I worked with the children as well. And so my to do list, ultimately, I think that's what happened to me, my body just never produced serotonin and had such a high influx of cortisol that it caused me to develop anxiety and to develop depression and to have a breakdown, right? And so even something as simple, right? There's so many simple strategies out there that you can do to reframe your brain or reframe your 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 lifestyle, like creating a to-do list properly can really help prevent a anxiety and and depression and overwhelm and can really set you up for mental wellness right and Mm -hmm. and I want people to know that there are actually simple strategies that you can do or deeper strategies that I love getting into with my clients as well but that are really really impactful and meaningful and can really really make your life better on the outside and the inside Mm -hmm. yeah Okay, so step number one, only put one to five things on your to-do list, correct? Yep, correct. Is there any other tips or is there anything that you use per- personally in your life to help get things done? Even if it yes. motivate you? Yeah, so limiting distractions for sure. Um, when you When an email pops up, you don't need to respond to it right away, right? So think mm-hmm. about when you're sending an email to someone. Do you expect them to respond the next second after you've sent it, right? No, you don't expect that person to respond right away, right after you send it. So you shouldn't expect yourself to respond to emails immediately either. If it was an emergency or if it was urgent, right? Because there's a difference between important and urgent. If it was urgent, an email wouldn't be sent, a phone call would be made. Right. Right. Or think of all the different ways that we have of communicating just to, to kind of shift your mind in terms of prioritizing. Right. So you can shut your email window down for an hour and focus on finishing a task. If you're sitting at your computer, right. You can turn your phone off. You, you can do these things. Right. And 45 minutes is the optimal time to, to focus on being present with one thing before the brain kind of needs some stimulation or the body needs to get up and move and get the blood flowing and those sorts of things. So I like to do things in half an hour or 45 minute chunks, and then you can get up and distract yourself with something else and check your email or whatever. But setting a timer for that 45 minutes is a really, really good way to, to be present and get those things done on your to-do list. And the other, the other most important piece for me is um, reward, right? Giving yourself a reward. So you're going to get the physical reward of the serotonin boost for sure. And that's going to make you feel good and give you some energy. Um, But giving yourself a reward and stating what that reward is going to be. And the only caution I say with rewards is it doesn't need to be food. (laughs) <laughs> right? I was going to bring this up when you said take a break every 30, 45 minutes. I'm like, for me this week, working from home, it's been it's a cookie time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had like, yeah, seven meals a day. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so think about things that you can reward yourself with that make you feel good. And food can be one of them, but the reward doesn't always need to be food, right? Because we don't want to kind of create that habit of like soothing with food or rewarding with food. So it could be things as simple as like, cause you've been sitting at your desk for 45 minutes, you're getting up and you're stretching and the stretch is your reward, or <laughs> you're going to go outside for a walk and breathe some fresh air or right now just go open the window and sit by the window and breathe some fresh air, right? Or you're going to play with your cat or your dog, or you're going to look at cat videos for 10 minutes because they make you laugh or whatever. Like think about other things that can be your reward other, other than food. For me, I love having like peppermint tea is my, I don't drink coffee. I love tea. I have a whole drawer in my kitchen that's full of all these different, really fun flavored teas. And so for me, it's like, I'm going to have a cup of tea and maybe I'll FaceTime with a friend really quickly or call my sister. She lives in Australia. So I might call Australia really quickly and touch base with my sister, that kind of thing. And those can be very rewarding things too. It doesn't have to be food. Yeah. Yeah, Those are good examples. I think after this, I need to sit down and write down (laughs) what I'm going to do aside from eat. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, And we're all, and I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. We're all in the same situation right now in these, in these challenging times where we're all working from home or quarantined at home or whatever your situation is. Right. So, uh, I'm definitely not perfect either. I've, uh, I've sent my husband out to get 
to fill the house with chocolate as well. So, cause I'm like, what if we run out of chocolate? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? So, so nobody's perfect, but just, just to have, have a good balance. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, now that we're on the topic of food, <laughs> this is a perfect segue. Cause I was going to say that on your website and social media, you touch a bit on the importance of food and physical activity and your health in general. So how do, how does food and how does physical activity um, impact your mental health as well as your physical health? Yeah. So for, so, so for me and my healing and I also want to say healing, there isn't an end point, right? Like in terms of like mental wellness, it's Mm -hmm. a lifestyle change. And I know that's kind of cliche to say it's a lifestyle change, but to recognize that there's no getting on the wagon and off the wagon. It's just a process and we're, we're always in process. And I think that's a way to be kind, kind to ourselves. And a lot of time we're not, we beat ourselves up, right. When we're, we're not, we didn't get the workout in this week or I ate really unhealthily. And then we beat ourselves up and we use that as an excuse to continue bad, those, those bad behaviors that aren't the greatest for us. So for me, yeah, physical activity and food was really, really key in in my healing and, um, Physical activity gives us another really amazing neurochemical, which is called adrenaline and endorphins, <laughs> right? And so um, it can also give us a dopamine boost and a serotonin boost when, when, you, when you do physical activity. So the key to get that, those good neurochemicals and those boosts, your physical activity needs to be longer than 10 minutes and it needs to get your heart rate going so whereas where you can just barely have a conversation with someone so if you're at that level that's a medium to high level of of physical activity and that um that that is when you'll get that those endorphins going so you need to sweat right Mm -hmm. and this is this is another kind of one of my missions in life is um we need to change the value of physical activity and the efficiency of physical activity. So just walking, it feels good. Walking's like a connection to nature, unless you're walking for a long time, like a hike for like one hour or two hours, just walking for 10 minutes. I'm telling you right now, it's not enough, right? Mm -hmm. You need to sweat. You need to get your body sweating um, in order to give yourself those neurochemicals that you need to feel good. Now that might be a, a bit contentious and people might not like what I'm saying there, but we are in a crisis with our bodies as well. And we, we need to be sweating and we need to get our hearts and our lungs healthy. And, and that's how you do it. That's how you do it. You, you have to sweat, you have to sweat. And for me, my personal way of eating also is when I developed anxiety or when you're an anxious person and you worry, it can be really easy to get um, pulled into trying to control your food or trying to control your physical activity, right? And and learning how to be kind to yourself and, and not controlling those things too much um, will help let, let go of that anxiety. So for me, for me personally, again, everybody can find their own way to eat and, and be active. But for me personally, I just make sure that I'm eating organically and I'm putting lots of fresh fruits and vegetables into my body. And I don't judge myself for the things that I do put in my body. And I eat primarily, uh, I eat 80% plant-based because my body does need meat. Um, but I've, I've found what works for me so that I'm not controlling and obsessing over food and and having conversations with myself about when I feel good. Mm -hmm. So if I had a meal and it was delicious and it was healthy, having those conversations with yourself is so important. And that's one of the skills that I, that I teach in my programs and to my clients is that self-awareness. Um, do I feel good? Do I feel refreshed after this meal? Or do I feel like I just ate Thanksgiving dinner and I feel like I need to sleep for 24 hours and my belly's distended and I ate too much and I feel gross and lethargic, right? We need to start being more self-aware about how we feel. And then we will start to train our brain and our subconscious brain to make those healthy choices for us. I love is, everything you're yeah. saying. I'm oh, good. That. Yay. Yeah, for me, like, I think physical activity and eating well is so important. And I think that what changed it for me, what like for a long time, I couldn't really get into good habits for a long-term basis. I would like be really disciplined and then fall off mm-hmm. the wagon. Like, yeah, that's what like, happens. Working out and then not. And I think what kind of changed it for me was, was that really checking in with myself and turning it into a, how does this make me feel as opposed to like, what's my goal? You know, it's not like I want a six pack, but 
this makes me feel really good. And when I do this for a long time, I feel energized and like just kind of reframing it to feeling good as opposed to looking good, I think really helped me. And I just think it's so important to take care of your health. Yeah, that's absolutely it, right? I 100% agree with you. It's a, it's about how you feel and everybody is a unique human being and everybody has unique needs to make themselves feel good and and that's where we need to start being really unique in in how I say we in terms of us in the wellness industry, we need to start being more unique in terms of creating unique and individualized programs for people and really listening to people's needs Mm -hmm. instead of kind of flushing out, which is happening, I think more and more in the wellness industry. And I've been speaking up about this as well, just flushing out those cookie cutter programs with billboard marketing that are like, you can fix your life in 20 days and you can lose 50 pounds in two months and all of those kinds of things. And And how can we start to support this idea of wellness coaching and wellness programs that aren't cookie cutter or that are designed so that you can pick what works for for you and so that you can also be in community, which I think is really important, whether communities in person or it's, it's in a Facebook group or it's on using FaceTime or speaking with a coach one-on-one, how can you actually be connected to other human beings instead of just taking, you know, these kind of cookie cutter programs that aren't giving you connection because connection is super, super important to our well-being and our health as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're so right. So something I found really interesting in everything you said in this conversation <laughs> and even looking before um, is how you tie in neuroscience with a very practical approach at the same time. And when I was looking through your website, you had this kind of first workshop, I guess, and you could print out a worksheet Mm. and it was about coloring to kind of ingrain things in your brain. And I just think it was so fascinating. I had never heard it before, seen this approach before. I'm just wondering if you could kind of walk through what that's all about for people listening. Yeah, so this is so cool. And we can give your listeners the link to this too. so there was a study done in the, I want to get this right, the Journal of Experimental Aging and Research recently, and there's been many studies done about this, in terms of how to program your brain. So we are, we're hardwired, right? So our subconscious brain is our hard drive. If you look at your brain as a computer, right? It's doing all the work in the background. We don't, we don't know. I don't know what it's doing. You don't know what it's doing back there, right? That's why it's a subconscious brain. We don't consciously know what it's thinking, right? But we're both on computers right now. I'm in Toronto. You're in you're in London, right? And the computer's doing all this magical things in the background so that your beautiful face can be on the screen and my face can be on the screen and we can talk into these microphones, right? So that's what the subconscious brain is, right? It's your hard drive. It's doing, it's doing all the work for you. And what they found is in order to reprogram the brain or to get memory stronger or to kind of break those patterns, the best way to do it is with coloring or drawing and using color, which is cool. So for example, if I was writing a journal, if I'm typing it on my phone using my thumbs or I'm typing on my computer, the brain actually doesn't acknowledge what you're writing. So it doesn't actually get processed into the brain. It just knows you're pressing buttons. So it doesn't know that button I'm pressing is a T or a W or an H or whatever, right? So when you actually write paper to pen, which is the first step, paper to pen, yeah, I said that right, paper to pen, sometimes I say pen to pencil, paper to pen, (laughs) right, when you actually are writing paper to pen, the brain processes that much better and it gets into the brain. And then the next level is when you add in coloring, so using colored pencil crayons, and when you add in coloring, you use drawing instead of writing things out with letters. So what they found is when you... um, they asked older adults to write a to-do list. And what they did is they asked them to write a to-do list or an errand list or grocery list to write it out. And then they asked them to repeat it back 10 minutes later. And then what they also did is they asked them to draw it out. So instead of writing milk to draw a picture of milk and to color it in with color. And so the, uh, the adults that did the drawing and used the color had a better chance, like had greater memory of what the list was, which means it got imprinted into the brain better. And then even more, I'll get a little bit more technical because I, this stuff, like, I love it. I love it. So 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 what happens is, um, if you're not using color, it gets, it gets put into the, the frontal, the frontal cortex of the brain. So the memory in the frontal cortex of the brain. 
And the interesting thing about the frontal cortex is it's the last part of the brain to develop, but it's also the first part of the brain to start deteriorating as we age. So it's not a very strong part of the brain to hold on to memories. But when we color and draw and use, use colors, it gets inputted into the occipital lobe, which is in the back of the brain, and that's the creative center of the brain. And so those memories last longer and get imprinted, get imprinted better, and we can actually shift patterns easier. Isn't that the coolest that's thing so ever? Cool. Yeah. And so, so crazy and fun. It's so, <laughs> it's so cool, right? So yeah. um, it's a simple strategy. So a couple of years ago, all these, all these things came out with adult coloring, right? Remember all these adult coloring? Yeah. Came out and it was like, I, I jumped on the bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. We all jumped on the bandwagon, right? But, but the, the thing that I, I want to happen with those adult coloring things those adult coloring worksheets and I've started creating some worksheets as well, Mm -hmm. which we'll give you the link is it needs to be a precise message to get it implanted. If you want to just disrupt some change. So you need to make sure it's not just like, um, kind of a motivational quote, you need to make it a precise message about yourself. So the subconscious brain and the brain thinks in the present. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be something that starts with I am, or it needs to be about you and it needs to be a powerful statement. So if it's something like everything will be okay, and you're coloring in something that says everything will be okay, that's not really a strong statement that's going to disrupt your thinking patterns and and uh, help shift your mindset to a more positive one. So there's techniques and ways about how you can word things so that they're more powerful. So it plants a seed that grows in your subconscious brain. And then what happens once you plant that seed or that thought, the subconscious brain does all the work for you, just like your hard drive does all the work for you. And it guides you towards actions, attitudes, and behaviors without you even knowing it. And that is the magic. That is so cool. And like, yeah, yeah, so much fun that you can go on your website, print out a coloring page and color it in a way to like change your mindset about how much time you have in the day and how much you can accomplish. Like, that's just so cool. You need to make a full on coloring book like that. Yeah. It's in the works. I'm telling you. Yeah. Okay. In the works. (laughs) When I saw that, I was like, I haven't heard. I'm such a like personal growth junkie. I read so many books about this kind of stuff and I hadn't seen that technique before. And I love it. So I would, yeah, I would buy that book if you can. Oh, cool. (laughs) It's in the works. I'll let you know when it's done. But for now you can, you can do some of the, the, um, the sheets that I've created. And if I can give a shout out, I've been creating them with this really, really amazing artist, uh, Nico Bello designs in Australia. I met her when I was in Australia visiting my sister. She's amazing. And so she's helping me create these really, really beautiful coloring sheets that are really unique and different that have all of the correct wording. So we've kind of joined together. So shout oh, out to awesome. Nico Bella designs. Cause she's, she's really awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You can collaborate on that. So just because, uh, this neuroscience talk is so interesting, can I tie it back to the podcast and the idea of change? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happens in the brain when someone is going through a period of change or transformation? So in terms of we're trying to shift our hardware and shift our patterns, right? So mm-hmm. for example, here, here's, um, we all like to think that we have total autonomy and control over our lives, right? We all like to think that, right? So mm-hmm. for example, I want you to think about, or you can act it out right now. When you put your deodorant on in the morning, which armpit do you put on first? I right? think this one. Right. You, I'm telling you always put that arm on first when you're brushing your teeth like all of these things are hard every movement that we're making it's it's like muscle memory right have you ever heard the muscle memory in terms of working out it's muscle memory right yeah so it's all muscle memory they're all predetermined patterns so Mm -hmm. the only way to disrupt a pattern is to disrupt it so then what happens is the nerves and 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 the way that the brain is talking to itself they're like oh what's happening because it was relying on a pattern that's easy and it doesn't have to expend energy right it's like so all of a sudden you're disrupting it so that kind of wakes up the brain and wakes up the nervous system in terms of oh wait i now have to think harder and i have to reform a new pattern right but just because you do it once doesn't mean that a new pattern is going to happen so what the brain needs is repetition and persistency. So if you think about when you're learning to walk or you're watching a toddler learn how to walk, right? Mm -hmm. They walk, they fall down, they get back up. They walk, they fall down, they get back up. They walk, they fall down, they get back up. They keep trying and they keep going and they're very persistent. And the other interesting thing about that is that they don't know what failure is, so they don't care. Mm 
mm-hmm. right? So we need to not care about failure, right? They yeah. fall down, they get back up, they keep walking, but they walk every day and keep going and they're persistent. And it's a repetition, repetition, repetition until that pathway is formed. So to break the pathway, you need to insert a different pathway and repeat, 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 repeat. And then your brain will start going with that pathway and not the, dis- and not the disrupted pathway, right? It's, it's in the simplest way that I can put it without getting into really, really scientific stuff, but it's, it's mm-hmm. pretty amazing, amazing. It's a, I think the human body is amazing. And I think it is. Brain is amazing. It's, it's so, so fascinating. Cool. Yeah. It's so interesting. The feeling when you successfully change a habit, like especially this past year and a half, I feel like I've gone through a lot of growth and changed every area of my life, but there are certain things where I look back and I'm like, I don't even remember when I stopped doing that. Like one thing is mm. I used to not be able to fall asleep without watching TV. Like I was too anxious to listen to my thoughts and yep. now I never watch TV before bed. And I don't even know when that changed. It, it's so strange to me. And now I look back and I'm like, why was that so hard before? It, yeah. It's just when your brain successfully rewires in that way, it's, it's mind blowing yeah. because you so don't even remember what it felt like before. That's the magic, right, of the subconscious brain. So we're also living in a society of of how and why. And we need to know how and why everything works or why this is happening, which is a society of control, right? Like we kind of the the, the status quo is is we want all the information and it's because we have all the information at our fingertips now, right? With the internet. Now I'm old, I'm older. So I remember when we've got our first computer in our house and I remember when I got, we got the, I remember living in a house without internet guys. <laughs> um, so we have all this information at our fingertips and we can just really easily look up all the answers and the how and the why. But sometimes when you're looking for all the how and the why, you you can restrict yourself, right? And that's that's the magic of the subconscious brain. So the subconscious brain, I can't remember exactly what the number is, but it's it's processing something like a billion bits per second, right? It's it's okay. processing so much. And the conscious brain is only doing like a hundred thousand bits per second or a thousand or something like that. Right. Um, and that's the magic of the subconscious brain. You have to trust yourself and trust your trust your subconscious brain to guide you and lead you once you've planted the right seeds in there and once you're giving it the information it needs sometimes you don't need to know how or why and it's a pretty magical moment when you can look back and reflect and this is part of being self-aware and reflecting which is another great tool and be like oh wow how cool is that i'm somehow my beautiful brain and all this magical stuff happening inside my beautiful brain I don't need to watch TV before I go to bed anymore, right? <laughs> I've I've developed a healthier habit. Like my mm-hmm. my brain has reprogrammed mm-hmm. and has shifted and my mindset shifted and and that's also the power of checking in on yourself and having positive conversations with yourself because then you actually get to celebrate the small and slow solutions that are happening because mm-hmm. this is life. It's small and slow solutions. It's it's not big huge we don't all win the lottery every day and life totally changes, right? It's small yeah. and slow solutions. Yeah. Yeah. I think checking in with yourself when you really practice that, it can be amazing to like figure out what's going on in your brain. Like for me, when I was younger, I had pretty bad anxiety and I somehow started getting into the habit of every time I felt this underlying feeling, I would be like, okay, wait, what actually are you feeling? And I could realize that subconsciously something was going on was lingering from hours ago like mm. uh, someone was rude to me when I got coffee I don't know and once I could go back and be like oh that's what's bothering me I could address it and I could let it go and move forward but it was just so subconscious if I didn't take a moment to check in with myself it would just keep bothering me so that is an amazing amazing skill and and that's really one of the skills that I that is any skill that we have that way we have to learn how to do it right mm-hmm. it doesn't for most people it doesn't naturally come to us and that's an amazing amazing skill that you have a ama- good for you amazing mm-hmm. and that's something that i try and teach my clients one on one or through my programs too that that ability to check in and then to to um reflect on feeling right because mm-hmm. that's the other big part of it the subconscious brain is it it feels the feelings 
So yeah. it remembers the feelings, right? So if you think about like a, a trauma you might've had when you were a kid, like the, it gets implanted because of the feeling. Like, so for me, mm -hmm. for example, I'll give you an example. When I was a kid, I didn't really learn how to swim because I had a bad, um, a bad situation happen with the swimming instructor where they held my head under the water. Mm -hmm. um, in retrospect, I was probably like being really irritating, but <laughs> like, right. They held my head under the water for a bit too long and I panicked and I thought mm -hmm. they were drowning me. And, and then I didn't, that got implanted in my brain because of that feeling of panic. There were so many emotions and feelings attached to it. Right. Right. And again, in, in our kind of like our kind of society right now, we don't, we don't talk about feelings back to like the very beginning when I was talking about my story in terms of being afraid of being judged and being afraid of, of being vulnerable and actually telling people what I was experiencing inside my own head and how I had no self-esteem and no self-confidence and how I was embarrassed that I was developing anxiety and depression and these sorts of things, right? We need to create a safe space in society where we can talk about our feelings positive and negative so that we can create the positive feelings and then give those to the subconscious brain because it will start doing the work with those feelings. But we need to create a safe space where we can check in and actually talk about those feelings either openly with ourselves or with other people. A lot of people are even embarrassed to like talk to themselves about mm -hmm. it, right? Like it's just you, just you alone in your bedroom. You can check in with yourself, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, and a lot of, a lot of people are even afraid to do that, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to create safe space and safe messaging about the importance of checking in and feeling all the feelings. So I like, there's no bad emotions, right? There's only emotions. There mm -hmm. are no bad emotions. It's okay to feel anger. It's okay to feel happiness. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel lethargic sometimes, right? So there's no, there's no bad emotions. There's just emotions and they can, they can teach us about ourselves and we can use them as an opportunity to empower ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are you okay for time? Yeah, no, I'm okay. great. I feel like we've gone over, but this I'm is loving this conversation. conversation. <laughs> it's all good. Um, cause what I was going to ask is something I feel like lately I've been focusing on a lot is trying to eliminate negative self-talk because mm -hmm. I think I've recently in becoming more aware of my thoughts, I've recognized sometimes I'm just like so mean to myself and I don't notice it until I look back. And is there anything you would suggest to kind of help eliminate negative self-talk? So this kind of goes along with, this is like a, a brain trainer, right? Mm -hmm. So um, the first step is being aware and you are aware, mm -hmm. right? So one step that you can do is when you're noticing those negative thoughts is I kind of, I like to say inside your head is sometimes it's imaginary land in your, in your conscious, right? In, inside your head and your conscious, it can be imaginary land. So you have to take it out and you have to make it real and you have to get rid of it. And this is a really cool kind of trick to do with kids. So there's a couple way you, ways you can take it out, make it real and get rid of it. So write it all down, right? Mm -hmm. And then how could you get rid of it? You could rip it up. You could burn it, but you know, outside, <laughs> um, with, with little kids, um, a process that I've used with like nieces and nephews, they have a, they have a, like a monster under their bed. We imagine like flushing the monster down the toilet and then we flush the toilet. Right. So how do you get rid of it? Because that actually plants a seed and a signal in the brain to get rid of those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing, so you've disrupted it, right? You've, yeah. you've disrupted that thought pattern by saying, I'm going to get rid of it. And then you've given yourself something tangible we're all different types of learners. We can be a visual learner, an audible learner, a kinesthetic learner, right? You've given yourself something, something tangible to get rid of it. I personally like ripping it all up and throwing it in the garbage. Um, and then you've disrupted it. You need to replace it with something, with a new pattern, right? Or with something else. So I like doing what I call like a gratefulness rush. And I'll just either write or call her or say out loud or I'll do it with my husband. I'll have a peppermint tea and I'll be like, all right, let's go, Christian. Let's go, gratefulness rush. And we'll, we'll take like a minute and we'll just say everything that we're grateful for, or it could be everything that I love about myself. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be the really big things. The big things should always be in there, but I think this is where people kind of sabotage themselves or 
strangle themselves or prevent themselves is they think they have to say all the big things they're grateful for. Like, of course, I'm grateful for my husband. He's amazing and I love him. I'm grateful for all my friends. But you know what else I'm grateful for? This microphone that I'm talking into so we can have good sound quality mm-hmm. for this podcast. I'm I'm grateful for the pen that I use to write out my notes for today. I'm I'm grateful for my cat because she makes me happy. I'm grateful, <laughs> right? Immediately I got a smile on my face, right? Like I'm grateful that I have my cup of peppermint tea. I'm grateful for the clothes I'm wearing. Like it can be really simple, simple mm-hmm. things. It doesn't need to be all of the big things so that you get into the practice of putting positive things into your mind, right? Like I'm super grateful for the rain outside today because it smells good and spring is coming. Like it's just mm-hmm. anything, right? Totally. Any yeah. tiny little thing. And so there's what we've done. We've disrupted, we've gotten rid of, and and we're retraining with positivity. That was so like such tangible advice. I love that. Like I'm huge on writing down everything I'm grateful for every morning, but I've I have never tried that like put it all on paper, rip it up, kind of the disruptive part of that. So it feels so good. I love that. Yeah, I'm really like excited it. to do it. <laughs> and then you'll come out with different ways. And then you can you can you can uh, send me a message or tag me on Instagram or something and show me. You'll be like, look what I did today to get rid of it. I put it in the blender. <laughs> I mean, like you'll find yeah, something creative. Right? Yeah. that works for your brain, right? I yeah. scribbled it with black marker, whatever it is. You got rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this conversation has been so good. I'm so excited to share this episode. I feel like if I was listening, I would be writing down notes like a maniac because you had so many good pieces of advice. Um, But I'm going to ask one main question that I always ask people. If your younger self could see you now, it doesn't matter what point in your life you can choose, what would she say to you? What would I say to my younger self or what would she say to you? What would she say to you? Oh, ooh, interesting. Like a lot of people it. ask the question the other way around. What I would know. I tell my younger self, right? I think that she would say to me how proud she is of me. And um, I think that she would say to me, keep going. Because nobody's perfect. I am a person that has anxiety. I'm a person that... Um, that finds ways to live with happiness every day. And I think, I think she would say, if I look back to that person that was, that was having uh, the mental, the the breakdown or that, that person that was living life being really, really busy all the time. I call it like living up here, like, right. Like that's what's going on in your head, right? Like that's what you hear in your head or buzzing or, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, you can't see me on a podcast when I'm waving my hands around two guys like, ah, right. I think that that person would, would say to me, thank goodness, Victoria, you did all the work and I'm so proud of you. And I cannot wait to be in that moment with you where I've done the work and I'm continuing to do the work to heal and process with you. And, and that, that's what I think I'd say to myself. That was yeah. a hard question. Thank you I for know, challenging see, me. That was hard. Of course. Um, I think <laughs> what I like about asking that question is that it's about like celebrating change and how far you've come, not necessarily saying like, this is how you need to change. Cause that's typically the answer when people talk to their younger self or like, mm-hmm. this is what you're going to need to do. This is what you should have known. But instead, if your younger self could see you now, I feel like they would be so proud. So I, that's kind of why I asked that question because I yeah. think that we should celebrate change, you know? I love it. Such a good question. I love the Thank title. you. You I'm just glad. disrupted my thought. Thank you. I love <laughs> the challenge of that question. Rewiring so the good. brain. <laughs> yeah. You just made me, me rewire. <laughs> so um, before I ask you to share your social media and business and stuff, is there anything we haven't touched on that you want to mention or say, or do you want to just kind of wrap it up and the only thing I want to say first of all as part of my gratefulness practice I want to say I'm grateful for you you and I met um in a Facebook group Mm -hmm. and I am grateful for this experience so I want to say thank you for that as part of my gratefulness practice for today and I'm grateful for community and the power of community so even in these challenging times everybody out there if the way that you stay in community and stay attached to other human beings and feel connected is through Facebook groups or social media or using FaceTime chats continue to do that because really great amazing things we need to 
make sure that mentally we're not isolated. So I'm very grateful for you for this podcast and I'm grateful for that Facebook group and I'm grateful for the opportunity to spread my message. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. I'm so grateful you came on. And I think that everyone that listens to this will be grateful that you came on because it was such an interesting conversation. You have so much knowledge to share. So thank you. Thank you so much. So do you want to point to everyone where they can find you on social media and how they can uh, find your business and get in touch with you? Absolutely. So my (laughs) business name is Recreo. um, And I want to explain it because I love my business name. I was asking (laughs) So I'm Yeah. So recreo is the Latin word for regenerate and realign. So I believe that we are the human body, the human brain, everything. We're constantly regenerating, right? Like our cells are dying and they're regenerating. We're regenerating thoughts. We all have the capacity to regenerate all the time. And that's why I say there's, there's, we learn from failures or we fall off the wagon. You get back on. I hate those terms actually, because we're constantly regenerating. We're constantly realigning. So we all have the opportunity all the time to regenerate and change ourselves, which goes along exactly with this podcast, right? Like we all have the opportunity and we constantly are regenerating and changing ourselves. So Recreo is a Latin word for regenerate. So I, I super, uh, love the name. Mm -hmm. Um, so my Instagram tag is at my Recreo and my website is my recreo so m y r e c r e o dot health there's a domain out there that's health so it's not dot com it's dot health it's a new domain out there so um that's where you can find some of my awesome stuff and the other thing that um i'm just launching before i talk to you i'm launching um a new course this week called unlock secrets to reduce overwhelm and manage your time and it's about it's specifically about how we can use the time that we have and how we can manage the time if we're too busy. We've talked a lot about being busy in this podcast, but, um, and how to kind of change our perspective and our relationship with time. And I think it's, we actually have an opportunity right now, again, in these challenging weird times that we're in where most of us are at home. Many of us are still working. Some of us aren't, but there's a real opportunity for everybody to take some time for themselves and for personal growth. And so um, this new course that I'm, unlocking tomorrow is about how you can how you can find the time for that personal growth and how you can manage your time for personal growth and then ideas many of um kind of stemming I kind of gave you little seeds today of things that I talk about in the course of ideas of how we can start looking after ourselves so I will give you the link for that and you can put it underneath um, the podcast notes and I'm going to give a discount code for all of your listeners as well so thank you for listening everybody that's my gift to you Perfect. Yeah. I'll make sure to put all those links you've mentioned and your social media and discount code and stuff in the show notes. So everyone can go check it out and find you and get more because I'm sure they enjoyed this episode and want to hear more from you. Awesome. I'm so, again, so grateful and thankful for you from one Victoria to another. I know. I'm so grateful and thankful.